Welcome to another episode of Employability Matters. This is the third episode in the international series, which highlights entrepreneurs who have moved from their birth country to start a new life elsewhere. Introducing you to independent music artist, 720 God. Born in East London, but spent his early years in the Bronx, New York, USA. In 2004, 720 God settled in London and has carved a unique sound and following where his music has gathered support from the UK urban industry with international performances in the USA and Eastern Europe. So let's get started. I don't really go by D21 anymore, but I, it's still D21 because it's always an evolution. Um, Basically, D21, I'm from 219th Street in New York, so that's where the D21 came from, D being from 219th, and then I shortened it to, to, to D21 because I'm determined to win, so the one being oh. winning, being in the number one position, nice. and then after that, like, I went through a whole process where it was, it was um kind of reevaluating what winning actually is. You see what I'm saying? So I went through a whole process and I put out a bunch of projects under the, the, the under God mode. And that was the process I was going through to get to my current alias. 720 is, is the balancing of the two energies that we, we exist in, the two spaces we exist in. We live in a world of duality, you see what I'm saying? But we only primarily pay attention to one part of the duality one aspect which is the physical physicality of the duality we live in so i spent a lot of time kind of understanding the the esoteric side of the world that we live in because we all go to sleep every day (laughs) like no Mm -hmm. you see i'm saying you can't stay awake indefinitely and you can't go to sleep indefinitely indefinitely and that means you live in two complete different worlds you know i'm saying so i kind of spend a lot of time in the esoteric realm and esoteric studies and i've got it to a degree where i have a a, i'm able to just observe it in in action awesome so 720 comes from the numbers 360 times two love it so when did you sort of like get the inspiration that you wanted to become an artist what was your journey into doing what you're doing now um to get to do music, it was more, uh, I guess it was natural evolution of just kind of figuring out what and how I wanted to be and um, how I wanted to utilize my voice to, to, to the maximum potential mm-hmm. and also um, being able to carve out not necessarily just a way to make money, but also like a long lasting legacy. And that is what kind of drifted me into the music. Like we all play with it. I guess every a lot of people, especially in these day and age, a lot of people play with it for a little while. Oh, I want to be an artist. And then it kind of filters out when you realize that I have to put in as much or even more effort than an actual job. Yeah. But that's what it is for me. It was just like a natural progression of, what and who I was, what and kind of figuring out a way to make that work in 
the real world like mm-hmm. i was speaking mm-hmm. to um my cousin's husband and i was saying to him so what led you into teaching and it was said well teaching found him in that sense he found teaching so i suppose is that the same with you and music music found you you found music and then it's been mm-hmm. a harmonious relationship ever since right the closer you get to your your, your calling um the more it pulls you like it yeah. actually pulls you like i couldn't stop doing music because music would make me do it kind of okay, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just as your friend would probably say the same thing, he would probably say something like, I can't stop teaching because people would always ask me to teach them. Right. You know what I'm it's, it's, one of, it's, it's, it's the same kind of thing. Like your natural calling will always kind of tap you on the shoulder and mm. say, hey. When um, people listen to this podcast, they're going to say, yeah, he's he got an American accent. So tell us about your background. Well, I'm... Um, I was born in East London, um, but it's it's a it's a complicated story. It's such a com- <laughs> like I'm I'm only just unraveling it even more now. Really? It's so crazy. So basically, yeah, like you know, like seven twenty God, you know God got to go deep to find out Himself. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that. But um, um, my mom is Jamaican. My dad is Jamaican. Mm. My mom met my dad in Germany so I was procreated in Germany came back to England yeah had me in England I lived for one year in England in East London I was born in Tower Hamlets Hospital 12 months and then I moved my mom went with my dad to America and then some of my family moved over to America and I grew up in New York and then I came, well, I traveled around, like I, I went my whole, all my school life, I was in America, went to university, I got my degree in America, and then I started traveling around. And then I was like, none of these other states kind of compared to New York, I'm from New York, big New York City. <laughs> and like all of the rest of these states are boring. I'm not moving to Florida because my mom was moving to Florida. Yeah. She was like, yeah, well, what do you want to do? You want to come down to Florida? I was like, well, I'm not moving to Florida. And New York is, we kind of, I've lived here my whole life. Like, I don't want to be in New York. So, so I came out to London because my aunt was out here, my uncle and I, and they was like, yo, come out. Well, we got a little situation. You want to do some music? Mm-hmm. You're getting yourself into trouble in New York. You're getting yourself into trouble, aren't you? Aren't you getting, come out to London and see what it's like. And I came out to London and I liked it. It was so similar to New York. It was so easy to adjust. And people just were curious about me because I was from New York. And it was like, all right, well, I could use this to help tell my story. I got people in New York anyway. I got people in L.A. The Internet is running. So let's just use the Internet to liaise amongst ourselves and create a bigger idea of what we're doing musically. So if any investors come along and want to invest, we can say, well, well, you can't invest 10000 because, you know, we are... An international conglomerate. Yeah. yeah. So we need to cover, you see what I'm saying? So it was just like three of us, and that was the kind of idea to kind of use the internet to make us have a greater appearance than we did and attract the attention of investors. So that's what brought me to London. Ah. My first year, it was cool ish. Like, it, it was, it was, it was. Well, I guess it was a, the best of both. Like, you'll get everything you get being a New Yorker coming into a, 
a, a town where they kind of admire and aspire to be like where you're from, especially doing music from the Bronx and all of the other sides where it's like, well, we don't care where you're from because we're from here and you're going to know that you're not at home. Oh. You are here now. Okay. You're not in your comfortable place. Don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable. So they let me know that aspect too. You mm. see what I'm saying? So it was just like, I felt like I felt at home. <laughs> I felt like I was in the, in the Bronx again. It was like, all right, cool. <laughs> you can't get caught slipping here. Yeah. Like you ain't, like, yeah, you from New York and big bad New York, but this is London, London. City. And London has a bigger history than New York. And you're going to learn today. Mm. You're going to learn today. It's not just the queen and tea time in London City. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, the police don't have weapons, but that's because they have control mechanisms in place mm. differently. So yeah. I had to learn the different the differences. Cause like I said, I came here because it was quite similar, but there was a lot of a lot of underlying differences that I really had to adjust to. Mm. Like being on camera about four hundred times between the time I leave my house and the time I come home. It was an adjustment, but I'm adjusted. Mm. During that first year, I suppose that you learned a lot about yourself, huh? Being away from like every, my little comfort zone. Cause like I said, I moved, we moved from um, London to America when I was a kid yeah. and I was the oldest boy. So like, like I'm the oldest boy in my family. So I don't have like uncles and things like that. So, and I'm getting thrown into the mean streets of New York city. And the only thing I know is my mom and my my sister, you see what I'm saying, and my next door neighbors. So oh. I'm thinking it's all cool and willy nilly. And they let me know, look, oh, you want to be friends? Let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be friends. Let's be, you're going to give me all your stuff, friend. You're going to be my, <laughs> you want to be my friend? So I had to learn New York, how, how it worked that way. So when I came back, when I came over to London, it was like, it was, it was a, a little bit different because I was, I was again isolated because mm. I was, my, I came over here with my, my boy and then he went back to New York after a little while. So oh, it was just like, you didn't like it. it. I felt like, um, a nomad <laughs> a little bit, but a conqueror at the same time, like all my, well, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Like, I've, like I said, I've always, I've, this is all I've ever known. Like when I went to Cali, when I went to live in LA, I went with two people. When I went to live in Virginia, I went by myself. When I went to Florida, I went by myself. When I was living in White Plains, New York, I was by myself. So I'm used to that kind of mindset and that kind of um, being aware of your environment that way. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I don't have to worry about somebody else because I, I'm, I'm, I got to focus on adjusting and adapting and seeing all the unseen things. You see what I'm saying? All the little things that that kind of will keep you out of trouble or get you into trouble. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So it took a little while of adjusting, but it, I learned it really quickly because of being isolated. Yeah. But um, it was it's more psychological the issues that you face. But writing, keeping a diary, these are the things that help you. If you were if you're on a a, a seaman, and you you had to sail. The captain keeps the captain's log. That's not just to track the journey. That's for the captain's peace of mind. True.
to get it out, communicate. We're, we're designed to want to express and communicate. If there's no one to express and communicate to, you start to <laughs> but writing it down, doing music, and it, it, it's been able enabled me to kind of um, be curious about my own self and explore different aspects of myself that I wouldn't have been had I not documented the things that I was saying and thinking in different points and parts of my journey different moods at different times and different places. Where do you get your inspiration from for the type of music that you create? Um, well, it's, 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 a, it's a combination. It's a bit of a paradox because my inspiration comes from, from, from the, the, both the, from the duality of life. Mm. Like the, 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 the same way that things are created is where my inspiration comes, the whole Fibonacci spiral. I'm saying it's literally just my observations, um, my input, my feelings towards the things that I see and don't see. You see, I'm saying like the things that I feel, the things that I'm curious about. That I literally write about everything and anything that I'm curious about. So far, what type of challenges have you had to overcome? Um, the challenges of being in a country trying to find its own kind of identity from a country that has a bit of an identity and getting all the, well, we're London and we have, London is like this. So if you want to do it like that, you should go to where they do it like that. And it's like, well, things change. <laughs> I hear you. So that's the that's the most obstacle I face. People just want to, really wanting to have a, a London identity or their own identity or my, my identity, making them feel like their identity is a bit smaller than what they perceive mine to be. You see what I'm saying? So it's, it's that, that would be people's own insecurities is my only um, trouble. Okay, so what is one thing that you're most proud of then in your career so far? Most proud of? is the fact that people, res I've always maintained and sustained people's respect. You see what I'm saying? That's the main thing for me. Like people respect what I do. They respect the things that I say. They may not agree with everything I say and I don't expect them to, but they definitely respect my angle and respect the fact that I, 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 I of, of how I move, you see what I'm saying? And that's one thing I've always wanted you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to like it, but definitely um, be humble enough to respect my own opinion. You see what I'm saying? I know that just because it's different from yours, I'm not like being disagreeable towards that. So how do we purchase your music and what latest music do you have out now? I put out an album in December, on the 6th of December called the 720 God album. It was basically like the, it's, it's, it's so crazy. Like these things happen. I just do them. I don't plan them. After I, I always find reasoning in retrospect. Mm. So the, the 720 God album was the actual birth of 720 God, which is like an evolved form of D21. D21 still is in existence, but certain 
aspects of D21 have died, right. where 720 God is is D21 minus a lot of the the things that D21 tried to hold on to that I need, I need these, things, I need. So 720 God is like, why do you need to win? Like, what's winning, bro? <laughs> like, what is it? Did someone just does one person do you like your music? That's winning. Um, if well, I got my own shop, and you can stream it on like Spotify and all that. But I would prefer people to go to the shop because that's direct. Like, we don't need those middlemen in this. <laughs> like, I like Spotify didn't help me write no, 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 no music. It just is like, but they've just created. They, they created a whole fake industry, you see what I'm saying, where people and artists feel like that's the avenue. So all artists, and because all artists feel like they need to go, all people that want to consume music or listen to music, that's where they naturally gravitate. Well, food, Tesco, as a state program people that way. Mm. But I got my own online shop. So you can go Good. to d21-creative-support dot myshopify.com and you can get to my my shop or you can just stream 720 god d21 on spotify because you gotta be there if you ain't in there yeah, then you're pretty much not gonna be discovered by whoever doesn't know you directly you know what i'm saying because it's, it's such a the, the music business has been so controlled and um psychologically affected that it's, it's as a, a real independent artist just wanting to create, you got to go through so much problems just to create the music. You see, well, if you, if you, if, well, it depends on your mindset. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the ideas about music and the music business always leads you to the first thing you hear an artist talk about is wanting to get signed. Right, yeah, like, yeah. That doesn't make no sense. Mm. If I can build the houses, what's the problem with just building the houses and selling them? Mm. You see what I'm saying? So that's where, where the problem is. Um, what words of advice would you give to somebody who is listening to this podcast? You say, stay away, stay away. <laughs> do something else, do something else. I would say stay away from it because I know the true ones won't have a choice. They won't have a choice. But when you get, the more you develop, the more you develop, be prepared for a lot of a lot of pain in this thing. Mm. Because when you get to the, the purest form of creativity, it literally rips, it rips away all of the things that you thought was actually real. Because remember, this is coming from when you are doing it from a real place to the point where even if someone says you'll die doing this, you still say, I don't have a choice to do it. I don't have a choice. Even if I wanted to stop making music, I don't have a choice. It's in me. It's just in me. I would make music in my mind. Maybe I wouldn't say the words. It'd be in my head. It'd be in my soul. So I don't have a choice. So the people, even if I said don't do it, they'll still do it. And I just have to tell them prepare for the 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 immeasurable pain that you will feel. Mm. 
because it's equal and opposite. When you're doing it in its truest form, you get an immeasurable and infinite amount of joy. But you will also, this is the part no one talks about. You just see the symptoms when you look at your celebrity. Oh, they want drugs. Oh, they're drinking alcohol. Like, I don't have an escape. <laughs> there is no escapism. So when I talk about the immeasurable amount of pain that you will go through, going through the real aspect of this journey. Because someone will always say, oh, why don't you make your music like this? And it will be easier. It's easy for me to talk about selling drugs and twerking. It's popular. Right. It's the norm. Yeah. It's hard to go against the grain. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So the backlash, that's what I talk about, the backlash. And for me, the backlash is a bit worse because it's like, wait, you ain't talking about all the things everybody else talks about. And you're from America? What are you doing here? We're not, you see what I'm saying? So the the because you, you're doing it from a pure place. So obviously you want people to, it's like making a meal. And you know this meal, I put my heart into it and I want people to enjoy it because it's a healthy meal. It's not poison like McDonald's and the rest of the stuff. Yeah. It's actually a healthy meal. But you haven't heard of it. But give it a go. And to get people to kind of do that, it, it's, it's, it's traumatic. <laughs> it's traumatic. <laughs> it's your own. It's, like, it's, so, it's your own. You really want you, your own kind of. You, you, you have to separate your desires from your passion. Well, I desire for people to hear it, but my passion is just to create it. So mm. I just focus on the create. But to get to that point is a madness. When you get into the purest aspects of creativity. Mm. And if you study the stories about all of the, the creators that you hear about in history, you always hear a bit of, hmm. Mental what health. Was that guy, uh, Van Gogh? cut off his ear yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like the painter he cut off his ear like there's a, always a, a very deep psychological aspect to true creativity mm. I'm not talking about manufacturing music like the record companies I'm talking about the real stuff mm. the real stuff and say it again mm. where we can access your music D um it's D21 hyphen creative hyphen support dot my shopify dot com or you can stream it on spotify um you can go to my youtube the only d21 same as my instagram you can go on my facebook the only d21 um or just google d21 black mob d21 720 god black mob black mob is the label the crew Hey everyone, this is your host Sophia Lewis and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Employability Matters, a careers and job related podcast where we dive into all topics associated with the world of work. Thank you for subscribing, I very much appreciate your support and remember to share with your family and friends. It would be appreciated if you could leave a great review 
on our YouTube channel, Anchor FM, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. I will be back next week for another great episode. So until then, remember, employability matters. <music>